Today, I am joined by executive producer of Showtime Basketball, producer of the upcoming Kevin Garnett documentary, Anything is Possible. Eric Newman. Eric, what's going on? John, how are you, my man? Great to be back on with you. Appreciate you having me. Definitely. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day, man. You're over there moving, bro. <laughs> no other way to do it, man. Move your feet. Move your feet. Stay ready. Yes, sir. <laughs> no other way about it. No other way. Yes, all the smoke. We've been hit 100 episodes. Congratulations on that, man. Congratulations. I appreciate that, man. Um, it's still kind of surreal that um, between um, launching something so new and different in the space and having it catch on the way it did and then navigating everything that's happened in our world since uh, we launched in the fall of 2019. And now we sit here um, almost two years later with a hundred episodes and just, you know, an incredible show and incredible family in terms of everybody that works on it from Matt and stack to, the Showtime family to our production partners at Malcolm Media who help us create uh, all the assets, all the content. Um, it's it's been a it's been a blessing, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm very very fortunate and lucky. And um, 100 episodes, it's wild, it's wild. Yes, now your guest list is crazy. And I gotta admit, man, you earned the great Ernie Johnson, Snoop Dogg, Carmelo Anthony, which is gonna be 100 episodes. Um, J.R. Smith, Sad Joe, just name a few. Your 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 list talent guests are ridiculous, bro. Y'all going to work over there? I gotta admit, like <laughs> yo. Oh man, Kobe, KG, Paul Pierce, yes. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Allen Iverson. Yes. I mean, it's 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 like the it's the basketball storytelling dream as far as you know building something that we know there was a, a demand for. We knew there was a space for it, and um, you know. We've experienced what networks and traditional media have been putting out, you know, all of our lives and more specifically, you know, since digital and, and social media launched. And, you know, we always felt that there was there was another way to do things. And just the, these personalities of, of Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson and their bond and their trust in us to uh, let them be them but also create a, a well-oiled machine as far as the show and the content platforms. And, you know, I, I say this, it's starting to feel like one of those industry buzzwords now, John, because I say it so much, but, you know, we've really been able to create a a unique and dynamic content ecosystem where, right. you know, we created that YouTube channel from literally square one and we have so much great stuff on there, and we have such a great community on there. I mean, probably in about, you know, probably by the time we launch season three in the fall, we're going to be approaching, you know, half a million subscribers, which is just yes. crazy <laughs> to think about. But then the extensions the extensions to social media and the fact that the network um, has just loved what we've done. So, you know, we have best of all the smoke from season one on Showtime On Demand. And literally when I get done with this with you, I'm going back to the laptop and I'm building best of all the smoke from season two. So we can run that in the fall and to create something that resonates on network and digital and social and has that connectivity and 
right. speaks this basketball and beyond language because, as you said, we we have non-basketball guests. The basketball has become such a, a universal language for so many of us and yes. such a bridge to people from different communities and different backgrounds who have different experiences. And um, it's it's a beautiful thing. I'm very very lucky and fortunate to be to be doing this and doing it with with great people. So. You're surrounding them all the time. Um, talk about the chemistry of Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson for a minute, because those two on air just they they can follow each other's senses. I mean, they have a great chemistry together, and that's important on air, as you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's born out of two things, right? It's born out of their love and respect for each other, which started, of course, with the We Believe Warriors when when Stack got traded to Golden State from Indiana. Uh, in the middle of the 06-07 season, and that experience with those guys made them brothers for life. Um, and then, to their credit, they don't just show up and work. Like, they're prepared. They're focused. You know, my my job is to, you know, give them all the material they need and create a flow for the show that is going to work with them, the guest and what we want to achieve with that guest. Right. But once we start that show, like it's them. And to their credit, the reps and the episode and the hours and, and all of it, they, they've, they've worked at it and they're great and they each own their role on the show, right. but their chem, their chemistry goes back to being teammates on the floor. I mean, they've got more, you know, Obviously, two years you're working with people both in person and, and remotely at a fairly frequent basis. So you know the personas, you know a lot of the inside jokes, but right, it's it's endless, it's countless, and it's it's really special. And me being, um, you know, such a basketball person and um, such a, a team sport person, and I can't remember if I've shared this with you previously, but you know, my first career I was coaching the game and teaching the game. Right. And um, you know we 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 speak that language and it's 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 incredible. So their chemistry is is not an accident. And the best thing that I um, decided to do, which I came up with early on after we put the show out there, was like I need to just let these guys go. And I, yes, I need to guide them, but they need to be them, and they can't be right. they can't be overproduced. They actually need to be underproduced. Um, and as long as the prep is right and right. we're navigating properly in the moment but not breaking that magical flow of their personas, their chemistry, and the bond and the chemistry with the guests, then we're in great shape. And, you know, thankfully that's been part of uh, getting us to, to 100. Yes. November 12th, the debut, the Kevin Gordon documentary, Anything is Possible. Tell us about that. Can't wait to see it, bro. Um, Can't we just see you, bro? It's getting real now, right? It's getting real. Um, yes. You know, we were in this. Uh, we were in this sprint because we were originally going to premiere it at the end of July. Right. And you know, between um, you know, between just that tight timeline and knowing that next fall, meaning you know, a month and a half from now. Right. Um, is the 75th anniversary of the league and, and the NBA wanting to uh, support this? We, you know, 
thought about it and we took a step back and we said, let's, let's go to the fall. It gives us more time. Um, we only get one shot at making this, you know, unique and special. And, um, you know, all the smoke as a show and something for me to build has, has been an unbelievable opportunity and privilege. And, you know, working with Kevin Garnett uh, and, and being part of telling his story and the impact he's had, Right. I can't imagine a, 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 a bigger privilege for myself just because of what my interests always were in and around the game. Growing up a Celtics fan, waiting for, you know, that kind of team to be put together to root for after so many years of just them just not being relevant after, um, you know, the great decades that led up to the end of the, the big three and, and you know, making this film with this just, I mean, forget like elite level as a talent, but right. he's, he's elite level as a, as a person. And what I've been able to learn about him and from him and how myself, my co-director, Dan Levin, the rest of the team at Blowback Productions, who's our production company on this, and his father, right. Mark Levins, the EP, who's been a mentor of mine, and then KG and his team and how it all plays with Showtime. Right. Uh, it's been thrilling. And, you know, we've all kind of felt this moment in time, John, as I'm sure you have, meaning living through a pandemic and living through some some crazy moments that were – never going to forget and that we're going to share with our children and our children's children one day. Like I was fighting with myself during the pandemic of like, you know, I can't believe I'm making my dream basketball doc and this driving this, this dream show with the team. And I have to do it during a pandemic when things aren't normal and I can't be around people the same way and everything like the whole scope of the game plan. I had right. to keep changing on the fly. And then the other part of me, which is the part that I keep at the top of the list, is how lucky am I that I had these things to work on during this time when if I didn't, who, who knows what my mind and creative energy would have gone to. And, um, you know, I think we've all had this, this up and down through this. I mean, we're all humans. We've had these up and down emotions and feelings right. and moments during this time and this stuff for me has just been such a blessing i'm so lucky and um working with kg it's it's like nothing else i've ever done or probably will ever do again he's just that special um as as a storyteller uh as a person and as a as a collaborator because one thing that i want to just share quickly he has a creative energy that is not surprising considering the energy in which he played the game and the intensity right. and the passion and um, his wheels are always turning. He's got tons of ideas and and just tons of passion about it, and it's it's, it's been great. Bouncing off what you just said, I love having a guest on that's a storyteller, and that's a storyteller. Like I had Bob Costas on, Bob Costas on. You guys had Bob Costas also. I mean, he, he you, you, you can tell when it's going to be a good show by the guest just, just by having the guests on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we never had Bob on All the Smoke. We had Jim Gray on All the Smoke. But Jim Gray. I, I, Jim I, Gray. I've got a, okay. I've got, Gray. A unique, I've got a unique experience with Bob, um, and I'm, I'm so lucky I got to meet him, and I was trying to do a film on 
the 86 Mets years ago before anybody right. knew who I was in the space. And now ESPN is, has finally put together that project, which I think comes out um, in the fall. But I got to sit with Bob Costas for two and a half, three hours to wow. talk about that stuff. And incredible, incredible. But I digress. Sorry. Back to you. Storytelling. Yeah. Story yeah. Yeah, Jim Gray is a great storyteller also, you know, for his hands. <laughs> uh, I try. I try. I mean, I better be good at it at this point or else I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure, <laughs> figure out what to do. But, yeah, I mean, the, the you know, living so differently and, you know, I, I, I moved um, from New York to L.A. five months ago. And right. um, once I kind of – got past the whole, okay, head down, work, set up my new environment, which I'm still kind of working on, but, like, this new reality I'm in and also trying to be mindful and careful about COVID and the world we're in, I I spent a lot of time on my craft, and I spent a lot of time studying both the work we're doing and how do we make it better and how do we evolve it and how do we grow other things off of this platform, which we're working on planning now. But right. I study other stuff, and I'm a student of it. And just like I would watch film back in the day or go see Hubie Brown and other great coaches at coaching clinics, that's how I watch series, and that's how I watch films, and that's how I watch sports documentaries. And, like, last weekend I watched uh, I watched the Wu-Tang scripted series on Hulu, and, right. like, the – doc that Showtime did was dope, right? And then I got into the scripted series and I was just enamored. I binged it in two and a half days uh, over last weekend. It was, it was it was that good, but it was also teaching me because as much as I love basketball content and what I'm doing now and working with current players, ex-players, all the likes and all of this incredible talent, like I made this decision 10 years ago to change course Yes, because of my love of the game and the stories around it, and I knew where things were going with digital content, social content. I could see the build coming. But at heart, I'm a a total movie nut, and um, I've been that way since I'm a kid. But sports was always, like, priority number one, and the fact that I've been able to mesh them together as a storyteller while now developing a career, and I have the ability to work on my craft and, and, and study and improve and try to grow what I want to do in the future. It's, uh, right. it's, I'm living it, man. I'm living it. Definitely. You personally, and along with Showtime Basketball, put out some great productions, polished productions, but people don't know what goes into that hard work. Can you talk about what it takes to make it look easy? <laughs> <laughs> Does it look uh, easy? Does it look easy? Um, outside looking in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Listen, you've got a, you know, I'm not going to go into like Coach Newman pep talk mode here, but if you don't have a foundation of work ethic, some sort of talent, and the ability to either, like whether you're leading or you're a a support player or a role player, like you've got to be able to work as a team. And you've got to be able to collaborate and you've got to, like, we all have, you know, we all get to this point. You got to have some ego, right? You have to believe in yourself. You have to be confident in yourself, but 
you also need to know like where to check that and that needs to be checked at the door and yeah if you need to go to it once in a while to prove a point that's that's fine but you know i had to learn that through uh trial and error in this industry because i i never lacked confidence and um you know that's what's helped me get here but as far as putting these productions together special talented people with vision with work ethic with skills um obviously you need the belief uh something like uh, a show like All the Smoke, a film like Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. Like you right. need you need partners who believe in this stuff and will put in those resources. And you know, for many years, I just scrapped and clawed to get paid whatever I could to establish myself and then right. get jobs and get gigs and contract work and collab work. And then you get into the world where oh, now I'm making like real producer director type you know, day rates off of budgets and you're feeling like all that work and hustle was rewarded. And I can say that about camera people, directors of photography, co-producers, editors, sound, hair and makeup, graphics. It's everybody. And it's, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate team thing. And everybody's got to pull their weight. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and then you're navigating a pandemic and you're navigating changes that are out of your control. Um, it's tough. It tests your, it tests your resolve at times. It tests right. your patience at times, but it's, um, it's a remarkable thing to be a part of. And um, I'm looking forward to, you know, we're, we're very close to locking the picture and um, you know, once we do that, I say I'm going to sit back a bit and take a deep breath and enjoy, but until the world sees this and hopefully enjoys it, um, right. until then, you know, I, I just got to keep pushing and there's, there's so much work we're developing, but it's a lot, man. It's a lot, but it, it's no different than anything else you're putting your time, passion and skill set into and, and, right. and, and working as a team. And, you know, the last coach cliche thing I'll say, um, you know, this is a doc rivers thing and, um, he shared it with us on his All the Smoke episode. He was tremendous for us in his interview for KG. And, you know, Matt Barnes says it all the time because he played for Doc. Um, you know, you got to be a star in your role. And I, I can't think of any better example of that outside of obviously a team sport than the teamwork needed and the talent needed and the collaboration needed for creating these films. So. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that it looks easy. It's it's not. <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing a great job over there, man. And if I was, we were on the same, we were on the same page. Because with me, it's always a work in progress over here. I'm always taking my ways to make my show better. Um, reach out to people. I'm starting now. I'm just now starting to reach out to people for assistance because that was just me. Like, <laughs> but no one does anything alone. <laughs> yep. No. For sure. Like I'm at the point in my career now where I look at everything I'm trying to accomplish. I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I scale this with the incredible opportunity that I continue to have leading this platform and doing this work? And how do we grow that first and foremost with the right people and the right projects and the right collabs? And then, you know, and, you know, in, in, you know, in three, five years, whatever it is, you know, how am I, 
how am I evolved even more as a uh, producer, filmmaker, and storyteller. So right there with you, man. Always a work in progress, but I'm learning more, and this is, you know, directly from people that I'm very close with and work with, they're always stressing, like, yo, E, like, take a step back and smile for a minute and look what we've been able to do. And I'm trying to do that more and more, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so damn competitive and driven. And it's more just driven, right? It's the competitions. I don't have, I don't feel like I have a competition with anybody else out there. Right. It's competition, it's competition within myself. Right. How, how, how great can I be at this? How, how, yes. And it's, 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 it's the same as, you know, I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get my, my, I'm trying to get my rear end back in shape, right? And I'm, and for me, whether I'm uh, doing I do basketball workouts twice a week on an outdoor court with a friend of mine out here, or I'm doing my my run right out by my apartment, or I'm doing my cardio uh, other workouts, like how great can I be today? How how far can I push this today? And it's it's that for me, the mind body connection and and. How far can I take that? It's something that's uh, it's it's right there every day I wake up. It's something that right. I'm just trying to push and push and um, knock on wood. It's uh, it's working. Yeah, once again, man, y'all doing a damn good job over all the smoke and everything on Silicon basketball. And you personally, congratulations once again on your success and continued success. Definitely. Appreciate that, John. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, this NBA 2021 season is coming in fast as hell, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm getting hyped again for another season, man. Before you know be it, before you know it, you know. Speaking of hype, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know when you're you're airing this. I think it's what's today, August 18th. So, uh, you know, last night, like, I finished my work day and um, had a few things to take care of. So I had the summer league championship, you know, on pause, ready to go. Right. So I'm like all fired up, like about to watch the summer league Celtics against this, this really tough summer league Kings team thinking I'm about to watch this great summer league basketball game and the Celtics 12, 12 to two. Yes. And then they just get absolutely <laughs> throttled and punked. And I'm oh. like, I'm like catching myself getting annoyed <laughs> because they just, they, they, they literally, they got their ass handed to them. And, um, I reminded myself, I'm like, yo, it's a summer league game. Like, calm down. Like, the season, the season is not still October. Like, right. Like, chill out. Like, you're not supposed to react to basketball games like this anymore because I just I, – I'm so passionate about it. And, you know, I, I joke with people that, you know, I've only really lost sleep um, over an NBA game once um, probably in the past – well, it was LeBron 2012 at the Garden. Uh, okay. I was at that game and when he had 45. And then, um, you know, obviously the Heat won that series in seven. And then, um, you know, 2018, game seven, Cleveland at Boston. And, um, you know, I thought I was going up there to watch these young, hungry Celtics go to the NBA Finals. Right. And that's the last, that's the last time after that. I'm like, okay, I got to, I got to, I got to just not. <laughs> yeah, I remember it as much with this, but. But yeah, but uh, the season's coming quick, and uh, there's a lot to dig into here, of course, with some of this player movement. Yes, your guest for number for episode 100, Carmelo Anthony went to the Lakers and joined LeBron James. They got a, I leave like this. They got a team full of vets. Everyone talks about their age, but they have experience. And when the playoffs start, experience matters a lot. It's a half-court game. 
and those guys have a half-court game with them. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. No, like all joking aside and now living on the West yeah. Coast, I mean, I, I, I get into it with Laker fans often. Um, and usually I just like a good basketball debate and some, some trash talking. But um, the moves that, you know, Westbrook, Mello, Dwight Howard, like those are those are obvious. I don't think people realized how much the Lakers missed Dwight um, yeah, they did. After, they after did. the championship, they missed him a lot. But yes. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn, yes. Malik, Malik yes. Nunn, Trevor Ariza, and Kent Bazemore yes. all in the mix. And am I forgetting anybody? I think I think that's everybody. That's, yeah, I think that's everybody. Like, it's such a, you know, a lot of people are still saying, oh, they don't have enough shooting. Bro, Kendrick Nunn yeah. is a beast. Well, Kendrick Nunn is is a. I mean, he's your he's now your third playmaker behind LeBron and Westbrook. Yes, and he can really. I mean, he he's going to be a big reason and a big factor in whether or not that team is uh, fresh come playoff time um, because they've got to be smart with Westbrook's minutes and LeBron's minutes, obviously. But Malik Monk really started to show flashes last year. And, oh, and Wayne Ellington, too. That's who I forgot. Yeah, so three-point three shooting. You, yeah. You've got Malik Monk and Wayne Ellington just sitting in those corners. Uh, and Malik can do a little with the ball, too. But just as a, as a, as a, as a very capable three-point shooter. And then Bazemore and Ariza are, to me, just – whatever it takes scrappy versatile wing veterans um you know the lakers aren't messing around so um the, the, their moves are very impressive and then obviously you know people are talking about the east being stronger um you know i think the lakers and you've got the jazz you've got you know, the, obviously the Clippers, it's going to be a little bit down until Kawhi gets back. But yeah. Utah and who am I forgetting? Denver and, and Phoenix. You know, that top five out there. And you think about the East, obviously Brooklyn and Milwaukee are the cream right. of the crop. But, you know, I love what the Celtics have been able to do considering the position they were in. Right. We have no idea what the 76ers are going to look like yet uh, because we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. The Hawks, of right. course, are going to look to pick up where they left off last year. The Knicks, right. improved, the Knicks improved their roster, but at the same time, the East improved as well. So that's going to be interesting. Chicago is yeah. a wild card experiment. And yeah. the Pacers are going to be better than they were a year ago, especially with a healthy Karis LeVert teaming up with uh, Brogdon and Sabonis. And you know, I didn't mention Portland out west either. I I I want Dame and CJ to stay together and and figure it out. I just right. I don't know if it's a reality, but you know that's a, still a good basketball team. It's just a question of whether they can they can break through and 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 rise to the elite of the West. You know, I I was you know credit Denver right dealing with all those injuries. I mean, I, yeah. I picked Portland. I picked Portland to win that series and. 
you know, it's a shame. Like, Dame at 55 points, one of the greatest shooting performances we've ever seen in a playoff game. Everyone's going to forget about it because they lost the series. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try not to get into 2021, 2022 NBA preview mode right now, but I'm, right. I'm excited <laughs> about, I mean, I'm excited about what this season can be, especially, uh, and hopefully, uh, we've gotten through the worst of the challenges, uh, around COVID and the pandemic as it relates to, uh, right. crowds, attendance, live events, and of course, keeping the players healthy and safe. Right, and the schedule went back to his regular schedule program, so that's plus. So hopefully injuries will be down, and when playoffs start, it won't be any injuries. And the NBA released the um, opening week schedule and first game, and that's in the that's in the Bucks. <laughs> a rematch of that course. classic game we had, like like, like like clockwork. Yeah, right. The, the, shame, the, the shame, the shame there though is, you know, it's the first game of the year, so no one's in a real rhythm yet. So True. as much fun as it's going to be and as much of, uh, of that week that we absolutely love, um, you know, you got to keep that in check. You know, like I see Celtics at Knicks second night, October 20th, and I'm like, okay, how do I get back to New York? How do I make sure I'm sitting, <laughs> yeah. how do I make sure I'm sitting near the court? You know, which, which, are my, which of my New York friends do I want with me so I can torture them all night in, in, in their right. ear? But. You know, it's like, you know, you want those games to take place when both teams are in a groove and peaking, but obviously to bring back the season with those matchups and the way they right. laid out Christmas Day and how that's become its own yeah. huge thing, it's it, it's super exciting, man. It's super exciting. And I think, at least I hope, right, that these just – disgraceful fan behavior thing that we unfortunately had to experience this past season yeah, are now gone stop. because yeah. because of the consequences that are being laid out and that stuff serving as a deterrent. But I hope we see a great appreciation on both sides. First and foremost, from the fans. And yeah, they're paying for their tickets, but it's right. still, a, it's, yeah, it's, you're paying for it. It's still a privilege, though. And yeah. if you can't behave yourself, then you don't deserve to be in the out arena. I don't care how much money you're paying. And then, you know, just knowing, I mean, I can't can't recall how many times this came up on all the smoke, just like knowing how badly the guys want to be back playing in front of real crowds again in their arenas and get back right. to what was NBA normalcy. And hopefully now with these um, – I just want to include this real quick with these rule changes and some of these non-basketball moves that are now going to be uh, hopefully limited and eventually eliminated from the game. Um, I think it's, it's great timing for that too. So that's, that's super exciting. Yeah. I said that previously, there's going to be some players going to have a hard time adjusting to that, not getting a call or getting called or foul now by kicking out their leg or swiping into the, um, defender. So we'll see how long it takes for me players to adjust to that. I give it like, I say, I don't know. I will say a month maybe because, you know, early well, games. Well, what's good, John, I don't sort of cut you off. They started calling that stuff at summer league. So it's already on tape that they're doing it. So I think, I think um, if teams are doing their job, they're going to be addressing it and dealing with it in training camp. And then as soon as they get that taste of, uh, I think it's five preseason games, 
Like, hopefully it doesn't take very long. Hopefully, hopefully by November, mid-November, um, be settled in. it'll be settled in. And, and I think right. it's just going to make, it's going to make the game better. And, you know, the, um, <clears throat> you know, those, those off the ball fouls that, you know, that, you know, FIBA calls, you know, un, un basketball, like unsportsmanlike, like that stuff's important to look at too. I, I can't stand watching a team get a stop and throw a, you know, you got a player streaking down the floor and, uh, there's a pass about to be made that's going to lead to a dunk, and the player making the pass is grabbed right after they yeah, the ball. Yeah, to stop the pass. Yeah, and like, why? Why is that a call? Like, like, why is the team that calls the turnover, who's about to get two, why are they harmed negatively about a, a foul that has nothing to do with the play? Like, right. If anything, if anything, count the basket and give them a free throw. Um, right. Stop! Stop blowing this stuff dead. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that is uh, is, is uh, handled as well. Definitely. Anybody also released the Christmas Day schedule at eight o'clock. You know, we got Nets and the Lakers. Hopefully, I think everybody wants to see this as a finals preview and an NBA finals period. Because I mean, we got half the banana boot over there in LA. We got, of course, KD, <laughs> Kyrie, and James Harden. But they got to play. We haven't really seen a mess of what we all wanted to see. We're perfectly preferred in, like, the last three seasons because of COVID and injuries. So we'll see how the season plays out. Yeah, I mean, uh, take, taking my, 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 my fanship aside, putting that to the side, which has been part of me since I was a little kid, like, can you imagine seeing LeBron James and Kevin Durant in the NBA Finals with one representing Los Angeles? And the other representing Brooklyn, New York, along wow. with all the all the other characters involved there and talents and yeah. storylines, um, it would be incredible. I mean, look look at look at that web, right? Of you had Russ and KD in Oklahoma City together. You had Kyrie and LeBron in Cleveland together. You had yeah. KD and Russ and and Harden together at one point. You had. You just have all of you. you had Carmelo trying it in Oklahoma City. Carmelo was born in Brooklyn and lived in Bay Ridge. I'm sorry, yeah. lived in Red in Red Hook until he was eight years old. Like it's, you know, as a storyteller, I'm I'm starting to think about a, a film series right now about all this. This is, it's crazy. It's a good it's idea. Crazy, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> not bad. Hopefully, uh, nobody listening to this is going to steal it. But um, <laughs> I you got um, right. You got forget. You got first rights. You good. First rise, Showtime basketball. Let's do it. But um, but no, like you know, there's a lot of potential matchups that would be magical, and you know we love talking about the potential finals matchups, but um, yeah, playoff basketball, whether it's the first round, the semis, the conference finals, which has traditionally been my favorite round because you've had some of the greatest, most competitive series of all time. Right. in the conference finals where sometimes by the time two teams get to the finals, there's either a mismatch or someone goes down. But, um, and obviously we've seen some great final series um, during the last, you know, call it 15, 20 years since the beginning of the, the Kobe Shaq run. But yeah. some of these conference finals and, you know, what, what, what Milwaukee was able to, to figure out and, 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 it wasn't pretty, and uh, I was one of those people who was 
screaming at the television when they didn't yet understand they need to attack the rim on every possession and they kept jacking threes and then they finally they finally pivoted to that and realized we have such a strength and an advantage with Giannis, with Bobby Portis, with Brooke Lopez, with our uh, ability to play inside out from there, with Drew Holiday picking you up full court. Like, there's just so many magical things that happen in these series. Uh, Atlanta yes. run, it's, you know, beating beating Philly and, um, you know, the playoff basketball, you know. Listen, those who love baseball, they say – October baseball is nothing better. And, and I used to love baseball and follow it closely. I don't as much anymore. I, right. I know what that feeling and nostalgia feels like. Uh, I used to do gatherings every year to watch the NFL wild card and divisional rounds. Those were magical get togethers and great football games. But, you know, I chuckle when people say the NBA playoffs is too long. And I'm like, too long. This is, this is the most perfect two months of, Highly competitive, everything on the line, right? And it's it's a great thing. So you know the fact that we're getting back to a regular schedule, the fact that these storylines and matchups are going to potentially present themselves, and we've got all these young talents looking to take the next step. We've got all these uh, generational elites who are trying to make one more run at it. Right, it's going to be a great year. And thankfully, Marcus Smart has a new contract, so everybody wins. Right. Um, as a diehard Celtics fan, I got to ask you this: What was your first reaction when um, Danny Ainge stepped down and Brad Stevens stepped up? Because he was a hell of a coach. What was your reaction about the way the direction the team went? My reaction to those decisions, or my reactions to what has gone on since, or both? Um, both. So, I started writing a script. I'm going to do this. I just have to figure out when. And I'm just, it's going to be my face, my voice, and then visuals. Like, there are so many Celtics fans, and, you know, obviously I'm speaking to a huge fan base, right? Like, I, right. I don't understand the Celtic fan base. Like, they, they rip on Danny Ainge, <laughs> and <laughs> they rip on Brad Stevens, and obviously telling KG's story. I went back into that, you know, time machine a bit of the lead up to him becoming a Celtic and where things were and what it was like. Like the Celtics were in the worst position possible in the years leading up to KG. You know what position they were in? They were irrelevant. And an elite all-time franchise, not just in basketball, but in the history of sports, if you find yourself in that space, you're in trouble. And Danny Ainge had the wherewithal, the vision, the guts, the courage, and the common sense to come in, take a team that people thought was capable of making deep runs in the playoffs. They made one deep run in the playoffs, which was memorable with Pierce and Antoine Walker and the rest of that crew, and they were within two games of the NBA Finals in 2 before falling to that J-Kid Nets team. Right. That team was nowhere close. That team needed to be – Ainge needed to do exactly what he did. And Danny Ainge brought back the Boston Celtics, and he brought back that tradition and he brought back that Celtic pride and he made that happen. And, yeah, he took risks and he had to make the deal to get Ray. He then made the deal to get KG. We know how he built that team. People say, oh, they only won one championship. Like, okay, look at the circumstances. I'm not going to go through all this now because I'll start throwing things. But, you know, he 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 made them relevant again. 
And right. then he had the uh, the I like the term uh, the moxie right. and the guts to do what he told Red Auerbach to do when he was on the team. He told Red Auerbach in 1988, "You better trade one of these guys soon, or we're going to be in trouble." And he meant Bird or McHale. Right. He was saying it kind of in jest, but he knew they were getting old. That team got old, injured, and slow real quick. So ironically, the guy that ended up getting traded was Danny, and Danny got traded to Sacramento. Right. And D- Danny said, I will never let the franchise I'm running go through with the Celtics 13 right. teams, 13 franchises, excuse me. Like, it is not easy. It is difficult. And I'm saying this in context where, you know, the Celtics – if you do the math, they've won the title 10% of the time. They've won four titles in 40 years. Obviously, they had a really rough stretch from the late 80s into 2007. So my whole long-winded way, John, of answering your question is what they've been able to reestablish, and you kind of felt it coming with Danny and um, – you know, I interviewed him remotely for the film in, um, oh, I want to say it was either March or April. And he was great, and he was gracious with his time. But I'm thinking to myself, like, I wonder how much more time he's got. And I wonder how much longer he wants to do this. And then you're watching Brad on the sidelines and how challenging this past year was and thinking about what his goals are. And then who they brought in now is the new head coach, which I think was an incredible hire uh, in Udoka. And I I think this has the potential to work really, really well. So for those Celtics fans out there that are unhappy or for those out there that, uh, you know, the, and these are major sports anchors, and I'm not going to name names, they're constantly ripping on Ainge saying, what did he do with the draft picks? What did right. he do with the draft picks? He got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, the Celtics were already back in the playoffs out of the lottery for those drafts. What do you mean, what did he do with the draft picks? And, and when you look at the other guys that he's drafted, you look at Marcus Smart, you look now at these promising players like Peyton Pritchard, late right. first-round pick, Aaron Neesmith, Robert Williams, late first-round pick. You Carson go back Edwards. To the, I like Carson, Carson Edwards. I, I don't know if he's going to stick, but Carson Edwards has been a positive guy in the organization. Yeah. You look at... You look at Tony Allen, 24th in the draft. You right. look at taking a risk on Perk. You look at drafting Al Jefferson, which was the key to the KG trade. Yeah, he swung and missed on picks. Everybody does. But his draft record is a whole lot better than people think. And, um, again, he brought back what Celtic pride means. And, and, you know, Umbutu, as you'll learn in the film, which is the rallying cry of the 08 Celtics, uh, a modern day version of that told through, you know, an African proverb and like the brotherhood and like KG and Perk and, and Pierce, like these guys watch the team play all the time and they, right. they genuinely care. And like, that's a special thing when you're bridging those generations. So, you know, listen, the only Celtics for me as a basketball fan, that was a dream, right? Like, if I never see another Celtics title again, yeah, that would be unfortunate because I hope to live a long life and hopefully there's some more success and stuff. But yeah. uh, from a fan perspective, like being able to watch that team and experience that team and now obviously everything I've gotten to do with, with 
with KG and, and shoot things with Paul and interview Perk and Rondo and Doc. Like right. that team is so special. So um, my 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 bucket list is checked in terms of like the ultimate championship experience rooting for a team. But where they sit now, I mean, the thing I'll, I'll leave you with this: the thing that people, you know, everyone's trying to like forecast the season ahead. How do you predict the next leap for Tatum and Brown together? You can't. You just got to sit back and let it happen. And yeah, to me, so. that this this team could be anywhere from the three seed to yeah the six or seven seed. We got to see what happens. But if you start lining up the rosters and you're looking at Miami and the changes they made, and yeah. New York, and Atlanta, and Boston, and not knowing yeah. what Philly's going to look like, like. They're all right there, and that Eastern Conference now, outside of just the top two, like it's really good, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun in the season ahead. So, as as you can tell, I'm super yeah. excited. I actually, I'm going to definitely get the defensive stance in a minute here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> definitely, man. Miami, the whole problem, man. They got PJ Tucker. I think I think Milwaukee want to miss him because he was the main one being up or trying to be trying to defend Kevin Garnett from giving him a little bit of trouble. I mean, Kevin Durant, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, KD, they're going yeah to get, get, they are going to miss him, but they're Miami, Miami lost um, none. They lost yeah, the Ariza, and I'm trying to think. I think they and oh, and Goran Dragic um, is no longer on the team. So yeah, Kyle Lowry's there, and PJ Tucker's there. And I think I'm forgetting another key addition. Forgive me. They're going to be they're going to be really good. But yeah. So 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 is Atlanta, and you know I think the Celtics defensively, um, they're going to get back to that being their identity. Of course, with with the dynamic um, scoring ability of, of of Tatum and Brown, and and you know Dennis Schroeder for 5.9 million mid level exception is going to hopefully turn right. out to be really good for them. But you think about Smart, Richardson. Uh, who, you know, they got as a cheaper option. And, you know, the Knicks got a good player in Fournier, but there's no way the Celtics could pay an average of $19 million a year to keep their flexibility for the future. So Smart, Richardson, Neesmith, Brown, Tatum, Schroeder, Horford back is kind of that uh, front court defensive anchor and the shot-blocking ability of Robert Williams and, and, and who their coach is as a former player and a defense first guy. Um, I can't wait for the, the Celtics to take on that attitude and, and that persona this upcoming year. So it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, that planned tournament is going to be used for both conferences. And we all know once you get in, I want to stay away from that. <laughs> I want to stay away from that. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it for the league. I right. understand why some don't, but it's it's yeah. so good for the league. And, you know, the, the two kind of like, uh, and I know we're going longer than we planned, but it's always great to talk with you about this stuff. Like, Definitely. you know, the the, the 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 old angry guy in the room who says, "Oh, you don't have to watch an NBA game until the last two minutes, or nothing yeah. matters to the playoffs." <laughs> like, please pipe down because right. guess what? All these games now in yeah. March and early April, they're going to determine a whole lot in the league. And if you're a basketball fan, like you like watching games because that's when you see your teams and those talents growing together and competing together. And you you can't get a sense of that. If you're just putting games on in the fourth quarter, there's no way. So 
there's different kinds of fans out there. We we know what kind uh, you and I are. Definitely, definitely. And like I said, when you when, when you've been in the playoffs, it's all hands on deck and matchups and injuries play a huge key as we've seen previously. So anybody can win the championship next year. Anybody. Some teams we might not be talking about might win the championship. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. I mean, I'd, I yeah, I'd say you know, there's probably. That top category, yeah, realistically, Brooklyn, yeah, five, Milwaukee, yeah. Brooklyn, Milwaukee in the East, with that next group being, you know, uh, I was having a conversation with my my buddy Ray about this recently, and he calls that next crop that we were talking about: Atlanta, New York, Boston, Philly, um, Miami, yeah, maybe Chicago. Yeah, like he he talk, you know, they're disruptors. Like they'll be entertaining, right? And they'll make noise, but at the end of the day. Milwaukee and Brooklyn there, and then in the West, you know, yeah. it's obviously it's oh well, it's the Lakers, it's the Jazz, Phoenix, Phoenix yes, it's, it, it's it's Phoenix, and you know Phoenix though the challenge for them next year is going to be, you know, there's no sneaking up on people anymore. You know, you're, you're, you now got a target on you, but you know they, they they've assembled a, a a damn good team, and if they could be healthy and continue to grow and Denver and the one team we haven't mentioned yet, which I just can't wait to see back playing together again, is the Golden State Warriors. Oh and, yes, um, yes. They um, they've got a chance if if you know if we can get Clay Thompson back to being Clay Thompson, um, yes. let's say December January, with um, Steph at this level, Draymond Wiseman. Um, and and the rest of this crew, um, they're gonna. Right. Uh, Andrew Wiggins obviously much improved last year. Ubre moved on to the Hornets, but um, the Warriors, you know, they got to be in the mix. And also another disruptor. And I love the moves they made last week. I love these moves that the Grizzlies made. Um, oh yeah, that's got Pat Bev. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> Pat. So so you know they they Pat Bev's now going to Minnesota. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Today, today, that's and, right. Today, it's just the day. Okay, and, yes, right. And, and I got, and I gotta say this: we we always talk about, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work for guys in their first or second situation, and it's all about timing and setting. Right. I think Memphis may have just gotten one of those guys in that trade, and that's Jared Culver. I, I think Jared Culver is really he's a really versatile, um, skilled wing who now playing with the John Morant and with uh, Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson, and, and they've got a lot of depth over there. And there's a lot of people who now think that the Celtics could be a candidate to grab Kyle Anderson with this trade exemption that they have, who Kyle Anderson would fit pretty much on any basketball team. He'd fit really well with the Celtics. But uh, I like what Memphis is building there too. And jaw is such an incredible talent. So, uh, and, you know, they got Steven Adams as well in that swap right. with um, the Pelicans for Valanciunas. So they're going to be they're going to be an improved team, too. So it's it's exciting. I mean, you can only really and we don't have to go through this whole exercise, but you look at the teams that have no shot from day one. There's only. Yeah, there's several, but there's yeah. a lot of teams in that middle ground and it's going to be a, a heck of a fight to see who who ascends. And, right. and who raises their level uh, on the way towards the top of the league. So, right. yeah, man, I'm excited. So most have broken down the season ahead in August in a long time. <laughs> Great doing any time with you, man. That's a pleasure. 
sure. Definitely. Sure. Um, one team I think had that blew a golden opportunity was the Seventy Sixers. All the injuries, the injuries last year, they they I think they could have took out um, Milwaukee. I think they could have if they would have got past the Hawks, but we know how to play it out. I think they lost a golden opportunity last season. I I, I, I agree. Those opportunities, those opportunities only come along so often, yeah. and the fact that they, you know, they were they were healthy. They were, they were three well, healthy. They were the one seed. I mean, they were they had the best record in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And Tobias Harris, who had played for Doc with the Clippers, uh, I think Doc got, um, you know, helped him raise his game. Yeah. Ben Simmons, before the playoffs, you look at the season he had, he had a pretty good season. And yeah. It, it, it was working. And, and B's ability to, uh, you know, he gutted through, you know, some injuries and played hurt yeah. and, the Seth Curry edition worked really well for them, and Danny Green as a vet presence. And, you know, I, I their depth was a concern, and I have a very good friend who, uh, if he listens to this, uh, hopefully he'll, he'll start to chuckle. We, 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 he's a huge Sixers fan, and we, um, we just throw four-letter words at each other around the clock when we're talking Sixers <laughs> and Celtics. Um, but I would say to him, seriously, I'm like, I'm worried about your depth, and – you know, it, it felt like, yeah, you had a great regular season, but yeah, you know, but but the big the, the big thing was though, like whoever that Brooklyn Milwaukee winner was going to be, they would then have to, well, most likely go through Philly, and then yeah. Philly couldn't even, and then Philly couldn't even get there because of the matchup nightmares that they had with Atlanta. And I don't think people realized how not just like the level of some of the talent on that Hawks team, but the depth of the talent. And I was saying this to a lot of people that I have a history with from New York who are Knicks fans like, Oh, the Hawks, we've got home court. We're going to, we're going to challenge Philly. I'm like, challenge Philly. Like you got any idea what you're about to deal with right here with 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 this this team with with this front line athleticism with Clint Capella and John Collins and their wing depth and not to mention Trey like you guys are you guys are crazy and yes obviously that played out that played out uh, quite cruelly for uh, for the Knicks and their fan base but you know right. to, you know to credit them like the Knicks fans were just happy to be back in the playoffs but they were a little too hype and not seeing how good the Hawks were. And, yeah. you know, the Hawks, it's it's a little different than what we're talking about with, like, Phoenix and sneaking up on people, but yeah. no one's going to be taking the Hawks lightly next season. So Very true. L- l- let's see how that plays out. But at the same time, like, they're bringing pretty much everybody back, plus DeAndre Hunter was hurt. Right. Um, and... Was there another injury in the playoffs? I can't remember, but DeAndre Hunter being the big one, and um, Cam Reddish emerged as a guy that you know shows he can play. They're, they're, eventually, right. they're probably going to have to trade somebody um, yeah. because of of just not enough minutes. But you know, you have Gallinari sitting and waiting. You had Lou Williams sitting and waiting. You had yes. you know, people didn't realize Kevin Herter is more than just a shooter. Like he can he can flat out put it on the floor and. and and make it happen, and he's a legit yeah. six, 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 seven. So that team's really good. 
really good, really talented, and I couldn't be happier for Nate McMillan. Uh, he got a raw deal in Indiana. I think it's very obvious now. Um, right. And the, the job he did with them and turning their season around when they had to make the move from Lloyd Pierce to him um, right. was awesome. So great great story for, for the league, um, having the Hawks uh, be a contender. Definitely. Can't wait for the season to start. Eric, man, thank you for your time, taking some of your busy day. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, man, always. Me too, my man. I appreciate you. I love what you're doing with the show. Keep building, and uh, let's do another one uh, on the eve of the season before the film comes out. That'll be great. Definitely reach out for that. Let's make it happen, definitely. Through the rest of your day, thank you for your time. My man, appreciate you. Yes, that was executive producer of Showtime Basketball, Eric Newman. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.